0: Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast. This week we're going to be mostly depressing in the first half, but pretty excited in the second half, which might describe our general feeling about the hopes and dreams of the University of Minnesota men's basketball team. I am U Street. With me today we have Andy, GopherGuy05.
1: Wouldn't be the opposite. We've been pretty happy with the first halves and absolutely miserable with the second halves lately.
0: Well, that's fair. I'm referring to the end of the season here, which has been hot garbage for the the first part of the last half. And Steve,
2: Zips of Akron. Hey, what's going on, Alex?
0: Yeah, so what's going on is, unfortunately, the basketball team that you know and we love and sometimes we dislike uh, has been really, really bad over the last five games. They dropped five of their last six. The only win, of course against Wisconsin I suppose on some level if you only have to get one you might as well get it against the Badgers in the last two games at home the first was against Iowa Minnesota lost that game 58-55 which set up in essence a must win for the NCAA tournament against Indiana who had won am I correct Steve one game on the road in conference play that is correct that is correct. They've now won two games on the road in conference play. Indiana defeated Minnesota sixty-eight to fifty-six in a game that uh, Minnesota was winning by ten points at a certain point in the second half. So that's pretty awesome. Some other fun facts over the last six games: in three of the last six games, Minnesota has shot less than twenty percent from behind the three-point line, and in only one game. Uh, The aforementioned game against Wisconsin also, and you'll be shocked to know this, the only time they've won have they shot a three-point percentage above 35%, which uh, would not necessarily be a problem if, say, you only shot, I don't know, six or seven three-pointers. But that is not true. Minnesota has only taken less than twenty threes in one game. That was the Illinois game, and they got 19. So very close on that total. In general, the guard play has been rather miserable. Daniel Oturo has, in his last two games, uh, for the first time all season, I felt actually got beat by the other player in the post. Steve, uh, would you like to talk a little bit about the sadness that is the University of Minnesota men's basketball team?
2: Well, I want to take you back to... Uh... Thursday, eh, let's say Friday, January 24th, and the Gophers are have won three of their last four games. They've beaten teams like Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. Things are looking up. We're feeling okay. Yes, we're 11 and eight, but we're also five and four in the conference. You know, it's we're looking down this. We're looking down the rest of the season. It's like, wow, this actually might be a team that we can get behind, and who probably will make the NCAA tournament. Fast forward about a month later, uh, the Gophers have lost five of their last six. They've only beaten Wisconsin. They've lost to Michigan State, Illinois, Penn State, Iowa, Indiana. Granted, those are all really good teams. Three of those games have been at home, and they've been devastating losses. Uh, I said I said last week, two weeks ago, um, that this Iowa game would be and could be a turning point for the season if they wanted to finish strong. We saw how that turned out. I thought maybe they would dig deep and try to win, win one at home against Indiana. A struggling Indiana team at that, one that's in inherently beatable just a just a not good Indiana team um losing by 12 at home in a crucial game a must-win game I think just kind of underscores underpins how this team has performed this year um and I don't know it's (laughs) I feel like yesterday showed us just it it was like a microcosm of the season where they needed one more guy to really step up support Oturu um They've always been one player short, it felt like, this season. The problem is, I guess the the irony is, that they have had the talent all year to beat just about anyone. We've seen them do it. And only rarely do they get three players to play well in a single game, which, ironically, is all they ever need to beat anyone. They can get two, no problem. They can usually get Oturu and one of either Marcus Carr, Gabe Kalischer, Peyton Willis. But try to get three of those guys... Isn't happening, and we're seeing the fruits of those labors now with the season. (laughs) You can basically write a eulogy at this point.
0: Amusingly, Alejandro Demir for three of the Big Ten games also was the uh, third player. I think one of the things that was really unfortunate watching the last couple of games is... For most of this season, as surprising as this is going to sound, I thought that Richard Pitino has done a good job coaching the basketball team. I am firmly of the opinion that you should never be able to blame a coach when their players miss wide open shots, especially if those are exactly the shots that you want to get in the context and flow of the offense. And for most of the season, that has been true. There's a perhaps general point that you could make that says, well, if you're so bad at shooting three-pointers, then stop taking them. But the short version is, uh, in modern basketball, that's a silly statement. And secondly, I don't actually believe this team is as bad as shooting three-pointers as they are in games. This feels very much like a Dwight Howard situation, where in practice, they're going... Uh, at least you know 40%, 45% looking really good, and they get into games, and for whatever reason, what is going on in the practice facility is not making it to Williams Arena. That is the only conclusion that I can draw, because otherwise, uh, we've seen Richard Pertino run an offense that was pretty heavily focused on twos. It's the offense they ran most of last season, especially when Amir Coffey wasn't kind of making plays on his own. In the short version, it was the give the ball to Jordan Murphy offense. So it's not like they can't run that offense. The fact that they aren't suggests to me that at least in practice they think something is reasonable. It is very hard for me, though, to say that in the last two games, Richard Pitino didn't get outcoached. He absolutely did by Fran McCaffrey and Archie Miller, both in the final six minutes. That's just, ugh. That is frustrating. Andy, are you frustrated? Yeah, you know, it. it it's definitely
1: been tough to watch. Um, you know, this is a team that the last couple of games, it, it's, you know, they really should be winning these games, and it's just, you know, the, the last few minutes where they go into either a, a shell or they they you know, as, as somebody said against the Iowa game it was almost like they went into a prevent offense where they just sort of tried to burn all the clock and didn't even try to score. And not to mention the two, um, you know, 10 second violations. They're trying to break the press, which I'm not sure what was going on. It, yeah, it is frustrating it's insanely frustrating. And you know, you, you're trying to figure out what, how can you fix it? What can you do? Um, as as you've said and outlaid the stats, other than hit your three pointers, I don't know what more you can do. Um, you know, the, it's the small things that just aren't going right. And, and at this point, you know, unfortunately, um, it's going to take pretty much a, a Big Ten tournament miracle run to get you to the NCAA's. Um, in fact, you know, where the Gophers are sitting right now, yeah, they've got some winnable Big Ten games coming up, probably in uh, you know Nebraska and Northwestern. But if they would accidentally slip one or two of those, they'd be in trouble of even qualifying for the NIT, considering you got to be at least 500, and the Gophers are, are currently one game below 500. Um, so, yeah, it, it's extremely frustrating, and, you know, the questions around Richard Patino's future are all going to get louder and louder as we get closer and closer to the end of the year, and um, it, it's going to be a matter of... Uh, you know, in, in my opinion, it's going to be a matter of whether uh, Mark Coyle can, can get enough support for, um, you know, buying him out. They still, owe, they still owe Patino a good chunk of money. Um, the buyout goes down, but not until April 30th. Uh, and I think it would be basically suicide to probably wait that long. So, yeah, Mark Coyle's going to have a choice to make. Um, and he probably has to make it here in the next month uh, what he wants to do. Um, but I don't think in, in, in any way, unless they all of a sudden start hitting every single three, I, I don't think the end of the season, is going to be much better for the Gophers.
2: Yeah. And you, uh, we, we, we talked about must wins, Andy and Alex, and we looked at Iowa as a semi must win. Indiana was probably a 85%, 90% must win. Now the Gophers are in true must win mode for the entire rest of the season. They have got to finish the season on a five-game win streak, and win the rest of their games if they even want to have a shadow of a doubt of certainty um, walking into Selection Sunday. not and, and, and that's also avoiding a first-round Big Ten tournament loss. Um, the odds are now stacked very much against them. Is all hope lost? No. Is there a sliver of a chance? Yes. But they've got to basically win out, um, put a six-game winning streak together, which for this team, as inconsistent as they've been all season, I uh, really don't see that happening. Again, softens up a little bit towards the end. They get Northwestern and Nebraska, but they just don't have the luxury of being able to slip up even a little little bit. And depending on who you ask, even if they do win the rest of the way, win these five games um, and grab one of the Big Ten tournament, they might not even have enough to get into, into, um, into the NCAA tournament when it's all said and done. Um, that's just the situation they put themselves in.
1: And we keep saying, you know, oh, it gets easier, it gets easier. It gets to Northwestern, Nebraska. Yeah, they are by far the worst teams in the Big Ten. But if you're not hitting shots, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we're recording this Thursday evening as I'm watching. Uh, Nebraska is only down by three at half against Michigan State, because literally the last five minutes of the first half, all the Spartans and Cornhuskers did was trade three pointers. I think literally the last 25 points of the first half were or I guess 24 points, were nothing but three-pointers. So if you get a hot-shooting Nebraska team and you're shooting cold as ice, that Nebraska game isn't a gimme by any means.
2: Alex, are we ever going to see a good-shooting Minnesota Golden Gophers basketball team in our lifetimes?
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably. Uh, Will it be? I mean... The thing that's so baffling is we actually have seen that shooting team this year. We saw it against Oklahoma State, where uh, they were 47% from deep. We saw it to some degree against Wisconsin, where they were 40% from from deep, uh, though not great for most of the second half. But in the first half, they basically couldn't miss. What is, I echo Andy's point, I think it's hard to figure out from in terms of a coaching question, there's a frustration that I often feel on two levels. The first is that the team who is sitting up on the floor is not a bad basketball team. If they were a bad basketball team, we wouldn't be having the conversation that we've been having all season. In fact, it's precisely why it's so frustrating to watch them fold against teams like Iowa and Indiana, and then Penn State as well, is that... In the five of their last six games, in every one of the losses, so all five losses, exclude the Michigan State game. It's a pretty good argument. They should have won all five. In all five, they had leads that were at least three to four possessions. In all five, they had either even fouls or were able to get to the line enough to make shots if they needed to. In all of them, their starters were able to play minutes deep into the second half. There's no real excuse in terms of just a failure of execution, and that's what all of these are. They're just pure failures of execution. That is not to take anything away from the other team. The other teams are getting scholarships too. They're very good basketball teams all of those losses uh, would be quad one wins because Minnesota's schedule this year is stupid but their losses because as we have mentioned multiple times now they cannot execute at critical time the second thing though is that the players on the court are not like somehow magically like terrible basketball players i Deeply deeply frustrating thing for me is the assumption that just because your team is not playing well that they are somehow like not capable basketball players in some sense. Like I don't know they're like D3 or something. And basically everyone who ever makes that argument, I am confident has never watched a division 3 basketball game or for that matter been on the court and played against a player who was even like good in high school. Because the gap between a high major program in Division One, and everything else is ridiculous. That's why I get back to I cannot possibly imagine in practice that they are shooting as poorly from the three-point line because you don't get to the level that those players are at and be that bad. And so why it's not showing up in the game, I think on some level we will find out at the end of the season whether or not changes will be necessary for coaching. Because you might think, well, perhaps Patino has lost the locker room. I am someone who has noted last year that Patino was coaching for his job. Given that you decided to extend him last year, to some degree looking at the season you were going to have this year... This isn't necessarily the worst possible outcome that I would expect you to get, but changes could be made. Certainly there is a former, soon-to-be former coach from the Cleveland Cavaliers who might be available, as well as perhaps others. I would be very, very concerned, though, if Minnesota decided to hire sort of, in essence, a lateral hire. So another kind of mid-major coach who may have had some experience in the NCAA once, but mostly at mid-majors, doesn't have a whole lot of big wins, doesn't necessarily show they can really recruit in a lot of ways. I would be particularly frustrated if that person was hired or pushed because they are supposedly a one-of-us, which is perhaps the most annoying of Minnesota habits. But I do think it is fair to ask after this season – What is it that is missing from the team? Because if you keep Patino, unquestionably, the person who needs to get added in the offseason is someone who is, in essence, a shot doctor. Because the offense that you want to run for this team is such that if you can't make shots, it doesn't matter what else you do. If Daniel Oturo does not return, which is plausible, I would would guess more likely than not that he will uh, test the waters and go into the NBA draft this year, The only way you're going to be successful, even if you get a magical grad transfer or uh, immediate eligible to play undergrad big transfer, is if this team can make three-pointers. It's built to be a three-point shooting team. And so the fact that in three of its last six, it has taken almost 20 shots and is making less than 20% of them is miserably pathetic. Absolutely miserably pathetic. Also, the women are really bad, too, but we kind of knew that after they lost their best player. They are losing lots of games by lots of points. I don't want to get into the particular depth as to why that is occurring. Suffice to say, they're not very good at shooting. Thanks to Marlene Stallings' terrible roster construction, they don't really have any bigs who can actually do very much in the post. And uh, this is, in some sense, a lost season, but we are very excited for next season when they bring in a lot of good recruits. A team that we are substantially more excited about, very fortunately, because otherwise it would be quite sad in Minnesota land, uh, is the men's hockey team, which is, in many ways, I think, the hottest team in the country. Isn't that right, Andy? Uh,
1: they are, are the one of them, if that, if not the hottest. Um, yeah, no, I mean, talking about doing things a little ahead of schedule, I think everybody thought that the Gophers were still going to be clawing their way up this year, uh, playing with 11, or excuse me, 13 newcomers on the team, 12 freshmen. Um But they finally have figured it out. Since Christmas, they've won every single series they've played. Um, And they have a massive series this weekend going into what, in the last few years, has been an absolute house of horrors for them. Uh, Minnesota plays at Penn State this weekend. Basically, you could argue for the Big Ten regular season title. Uh, Both teams currently are tied for first place in the conference with 36 points. Uh, The one advantage that the Gophers have is they have two games in hand on the Nittany Lions, whereas this is Penn State's last two games of the regular season. Minnesota will turn home and host Michigan, um, Michigan being probably, if not the team you can argue for the hottest, the second hottest team in the country. So things will get interesting in a hurry. But, um, you know, Minnesota, if they can put two games together, try and get at least a split with Penn State... Uh, basically controls their own destiny going into next week against Michigan to try and win a regular season Big Ten title which uh, obviously would be the first one for the Gophers in three years they won the first four Big Ten regular season titles and then uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State have won the last two seasons but it'd be nice for the Gophers to get back on on top in their winning ways
2: wait Andy so you're telling me that Minnesota hockey is now ranked in the top 20 in the nation They're back. They're uh,
1: number 18 this week in in the USCHO poll. First time they've been ranked um, quite some time. Um, And they're flirting with the pairwise. Up in the pairwise, the Gophers are currently, I believe, 15th or 16th. Um, And that's where this weekend is key. They can still win the Big Ten regular season title if they drop a game or a a loss and a tie to Penn State this weekend. That would pretty much eliminate the Gophers from at-large Uh, consideration. I think Minnesota with the split still has a chance to earn an at-large if they would uh, take care of business, maybe get a sweep against Michigan next weekend, and then probably make it all the way to the Big Ten title game before losing. (coughs) Excuse me, But if uh, the Gophers do any worse than a split this weekend, uh, I think you can put those at-large hopes completely to bed, and then they're going to have to win the Big Ten uh, tournament to get the automatic bid to the NCAAs. you know that that's where playing this weekend for just for seating purposes is huge as i said gophers and penn state are tied atop the conference with 36 points uh michigan is three behind with 33 and then ohio state and michigan state are tied for fourth with 31 points one of those five teams is going to not have a single home game in the big ted tournament they are going to start on the road um, and with you know five points separating one through five in the conference uh it's honestly it's still anybody's anybody's game any one of those five teams still has a chance to to clinch first place and get the first round by um or any one of those five teams could end up playing on the road in the first round of the big 10 tournament so uh, you know i've been saying this week after week that every series has been huge for this team but legitimately this weekend is huge if the gophers want to have any great postseason aspirations
0: Well, let's hope they do not take a page from the men's basketball team who went into a must-win situation, and I believe the colloquial French term is shit the bed. The women's hockey team, substantially better than the women's basketball team as well because they still are in the conference hunt. Andy, do the women's team still have a chance to win the conference since the assumption is they will be in the NCAA tournament?
1: yes uh they do they you know minnesota sort of swooned a little bit here in the second half of the season we all thought that that was uh you know they basically were locking themselves into the second spot in the wcha uh but then wisconsin decided to take a little bit of a swoon too uh, ohio state went into madison last weekend on senior weekend for the badgers and took a possible four out of six points um and and really got back into this thing so if we if we look at the current WCHA standings Wisconsin leads the conference by three points over the Gophers Uh, Minnesota is locked into no worse than the second seed they play a home series this weekend against Minnesota State Mankato who the Gophers have literally not lost to since January of 2010 they've won 46 straight games against Mankato Uh, so I think we can probably add two more to that so it would take some help uh wisconsin is up in duluth playing umd this weekend if minnesota and wisconsin um if if there's a three-point differential if minnesota records more than three points more than wisconsin they will tie for the regular season crown but wisconsin holds the tiebreaker so they'll get the number one seed so the gophers need to have at least a four point better weekend than the badgers this weekend to win the WCHA title outright and get the number one seed Um, it's possible they're going to need a lot of help from from UMD, but the Bulldogs do have one of the best goaltenders in the country in Matty Rooney, so you never say never. Uh, In any case, Minnesota is locked into the number three seed in the pairwise right now. They will have a home NCAA quarterfinal here in three weeks. Um, it's just a matter of trying to determine whether they can squeeze themselves up to the two or one seed, uh, and that will all depend on how they do against Wisconsin in the the WCHA tournament. So um, at this point, it's just a matter of seeding and trying to get the best possible matchup for that NCAA quarterfinal, which will be at Ritter in, in three weeks.
0: Absolutely. If you have the ability to go to, you definitely should. Another sport that you should absolutely go to if you have the option is women's gymnastics. Andy, does the women's gymnastics continue to be awesome?
1: Yeah, the uh, Gopher women, just give them a quick shout-out. They won again last Sunday at home against Nebraska. Uh, Lexi Rambler once again was named Big Ten Gymnast of the Week after she was nearly perfect once again in the all-around recording a 9975 on both the uneven bars and the balance beam Um, the Gophers are competing in what they call the Big Five this weekend out in Ohio against the other top four teams from the Big Ten Conference Um, really the only one you need to other know other than Minnesota is Michigan Gophers ranked number seven in the country Michigan's ranked number nine in the country um, basically, whoever wins the meet between Minnesota and Michigan will be clan, claim, uh, crowned the Big Ten regular season champion. Uh, they both are 5-0 and in Big Ten dual meets this year, so this will be the tiebreaker. Um, and then the Gophers have, uh, I think, two or three weeks to get ready before the Big Ten championship meet, uh, in which case then they'll move on to the NCAAs after that. But um, they have been one of the better teams in the country this year and legitimately are one of the top two teams in the Big Ten. Um, so hopefully they can continue to make some noise here down the stretch and, and be another team that uh, we can watch to hopefully bring home some hardware over the next month to six weeks.
0: Absolutely. And make sure to check out thedailygopher.com for articles on all of the sports that we have discussed on the podcast and we'll discuss going forward soon. It will be spring, which means we will also begin to have more baseball and softball coverage. But until then, go Gophers, Skyuma, row the boat.